name is Felicia Wright, and this is the Go Rogue Podcast. Do you feel stuck? Does every day feel like Groundhog's Day? Well, I'm here to tell you it's time to take charge of your life and know that you are meant for more than this. It's time to go rogue. This podcast is for people that are ready to say enough is enough and discover their new normal with entrepreneurship. Get ready because your rogue journey starts now. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to the Go Rogue podcast. I have a very special guest. I have Melissa Rhonda here with us. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Awesome. All right, so I'm just going to read a little bit about Melissa and then we're going to dive on in because I am super excited about this one. So Melissa Rhonda is a certified weight loss expert who helps women lose massive amounts of weight while eating food they actually want to eat. Since launching The Honest Way in... In 2014, Melissa has led clients to weight weight loss totaling over 17,000 pounds and counting. As an advocate for opioid abuse awareness, Melissa speaks openly and honestly about her struggles with addiction, obesity, and generalization traumas on her podcast, Honestly Melissa. She has been featured on Dreamcast, A Full Plate, and Vroom Vroom Beer, as well as a chosen speaker and goalkeeper keeping expert for WIOS Foundations of Success Seminars. She lives in Chicago with her husband and blended family of five teens of mangy mutts. <laughs> Melissa spends her spare time feeding basically everyone all the time. That was a lot because you have done some amazing things. Welcome, welcome. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. All right, so let's go ahead and dive on in. So I'd like to hear from you. Um, tell us a little bit about your background and what you do. Okay, um, so I wasn't always um, a lover of all things weight loss. <laughs> um, in my former life, I was a paralegal. And I worked in downtown Chicago for many years. Um, and I married, had two beautiful children, stayed home with them. Oh. And that, yeah, and so after um, I had gotten divorced from my my first husband, I have a second one. <laughs> <laughs> after, after I uh, divorced my first husband, um, I was in a really really bad shape, and that was how I fell into fitness and weight loss. So, so it's kind of like like cats have, what do they have? Seven lives, nine lives. They have nine, nine lives. lives. Nine. Yeah. yeah. I burnt up two already. <laughs> <laughs> you still got some to go. So I think we're good. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So tell us how, um, how you got to where you are today. So tell us about the nitty gritty in the beginning and how you really got down to this path of being a business owner and helping all these women lose weight. Yeah, so um, so I'll give you the short version with regards to the pre-business. So okay. pr uh, pre-business, um, I was uh, divorced, uh, addicted to prescription medication, and I was on a, tons of immune suppressants. Uh, the doctors thought that I had rheumatoid arthritis, okay. um, e even though the markers were coming back negative. Um, but I have quite unusual 
shaped hand and my fingers are very unusual. And so the, the doctors really did think that um, that's what was wrong. And so they just gave me a medication for this. And mm-hmm. then that, that, that would make me feel this way. So then they gave me a medication for that. So yeah. I was on um, the immune suppressants, but also antidepressants because that's common for when you're on the immune suppressants. And then I had trouble sleeping. And so, and, yes. and so it just became like this disgusting, toxic mess. And you know, not one doctor asked me if I was happy. That like not surprise me at all. Right? Unfortunately. Not, not, <laughs> nowhere in there was that part of the equation. And I'm one of those people that I really feel um, like I'll say, I'm okay. Everything's okay. It's okay. But I internalize my feelings. Mm-hmm. And so they, I was physically in pain. Um, it was, but it was emotional pain that I was experiencing it physically. Yes. Um, but also I was um, really abusing myself, not eating right, drinking too much. And then, um, the, you know, being addicted to the prescription drugs from the doctor that, that I was also exhibiting like physical pain as well from that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was, it was like a snowball. Yeah, my mom actually has rheumatoid arthritis, and I know exactly what you're saying. It's like you get put on one, now you have a side effect, now you get another one and another one, and it's just like that snowball of constantly, here's more stuff, but you're not getting any better. Yeah, I'm so sorry. That's yeah, it's, it's been a struggle, but like she's working on it, you know. Yeah, <clears throat> well, that's, that's really good. The best thing to do is to just move, which is hard because you're in pain. So, mm. so that's really rough. But, um, but with regards to me, so I, I had gotten at that point, I was just obese. And um, I had gone back to work because I had left my husband, very messy divorce. Oh. Um, yeah, he's a heroin addict now. <laughs> so um, I... I had to go back to work. I went to work and I was working for some terrible, terrible attorneys. And I was just eating a lot of fast food, um, drinking beer on the train. I love salt and vinegar potato chips. I would just eat those like crazy. Yeah. I was just really, really miserable. And so um, I decided that things had gotten really, really out of control because Mm -hmm. originally when I went to the doctor, I had gone to a naturopath seeking natural care. Yeah. And she's actually the one who got me addicted to this prescription painkillers. What? How'd that happen? Okay. So that's interesting. This is total sidebar. Yeah. Because I I think this is really important to talk about. So a naturopath can write medication because she can write prescriptions for medications. Yes. Now, this naturopath was located in a chiropractor's office. She was not the chiropractor. She was like a practitioner in that office. And what she did was had me take a bunch of blood work. I was basically on a regimen of going to their office three times a week, getting chiropractic adjustments, STEM massage, supplements. There was all sorts of urine and fecal samples done. And, and so essentially what she had done was really tapped me dry through my insurance as well as my copay and deductible. But what doctors, um, bad doctors, 
well, all doctors know, but bad doctors do, is if you have a controlled substance and they give you a prescription for it, they know you will be back because you want to get that filled. And she was prescribing, um, at the time, she, could, she was prescribing me months worth at a time, but would fill them monthly for me. Yeah, so um, she had gotten me to the point, I had all sorts of signs that it was becoming a, a real issue, mm-hmm. um, but, but she did not do what she was supposed to do with regards to that. So I decided that I was going to just get myself healthy and I complete, I did exactly what you're not supposed to do. I stopped Uh, taking everything all at once. Yeah. And I, and I ended up detoxing on a, a wrestling mat that my mother gave me to lay on, um, instead of a bed. And yeah, I mean, I hit some really low, very low points in my life Mm -hmm. and I, once I had gotten all of that out of my system, I decided that I needed to go about it differently. And I didn't trust any doctor at that point. And so I decided to start strength training. And with strength training, while painful in the beginning, I started to realize, oh, wait, I don't have restless leg anymore. Oh, wait, my knees don't ache and my hands don't ache and I have more energy. And then I started eating better and it got it got to a point where I had lost so much weight, put on so much muscle, radically changed my life that I decided in an instant that I needed to spend the rest of my life helping other women that may be in a situation like I am. Yeah. So let me take you back. Like, I love that you said that. Let me take you back to that addiction period. How long were you on those opioids before you kind of woke up and was like, this isn't working? How long was that? It was um, all within a year, but I would say that it progressed rapidly um, Mm -hmm. after the first few months. Now, the Interesting thing is, is I actually, after I got myself completely off it um, and I started to strength train and I was feeling a lot better, I still had some loose ends, like I still wasn't a hundred percent. And so I did, um, after I had gotten myself to a place where I felt a little bit better, I did end up seeking um, the help of a doctor mm-hmm. who ended up putting me on a uh, a, a prescription called Suboxone. Oh, and what's that for? So Suboxone is a sublingual tab. You put it underneath your tongue and um, it's prescribed to people to get off of opioids or sometimes I think even heroin. Wow. Yeah, but he gave me the lowest, uh, the lowest dose possible. And, um, and it's not the drug, it's different than the drug, but it, it relieves some of that pain. Because when you go so long without feeling anything mm-hmm. from the drug, and then you're like a regular person who feels feels, it's like intensified. So it was wow. really, yeah. So and the reason that I'm bringing this up is because it actually took me twice as long to recover than I was ever even on it in the first place. 
That's crazy. And I know that like when they put you on, I actually have very strong opinions about this. I'm going to keep most of them to myself, but um, because my mom kind of went through the whole medical system. But I know that when they put you on um, opioids and stuff, it triggers like the those well, I think it either triggers your receptors to feel pleasure or that numbs them or whatever. So it makes people want to stay on it. So it's, it's amazing that you were able to just quit cold Turkey. That's, that's amazing. Like it's needed and people need to talk about this. Well, I will tell you, I wouldn't recommend it. I did it out of absolute necessity because I knew that if I had stayed in that marriage and I stayed in that house, that I was going to die. And so I leaving and then relocating to stay, um, you know, in my mother's home while I had two small toddlers, you know, it was the only place I had to go. And it was the only, I was just scared. I didn't have other doctors out here. I feared a lot. Um, You just don't know who to trust because when a person in a white coat is telling you, no, no, I understand you must be in so much pain. And you're like, yes, yes, doctor, you're the only person who gets me. You know, mm-hmm. any anyone in a rough point in their life is susceptible to becoming addicted. Yeah. Anybody like if if you're in pain or something and somebody's like, okay, this is going to fix it, like, okay, sign me up, right? But you just don't know the long-term effects of stuff like that. No, because you can't see that far in front of you. Mm-hmm. You re- you really can't when you're that dark and in, in it. You can't see it. So tell us about those early days when you got the thing to help you get over the opioid addiction and then the working out. So tell us a little bit about those early days of getting over that and moving past it. So I started strength training and then, you know, had the sublingual tabs and I got to a point where I wanted to taper that off. Mm-hmm. And I, at my last session at a gym, I had hired a personal trainer for eight sessions and I savored it every moment. And our last session was the last, I had cut those tabs into tiny, tiny little, like literally the size of a pinhead because I was, yeah. weaning, I was weaning myself off of it. And uh, the last day, the the day that I went without it for the very first time, even though it was such a micro, tiny little dose, Mm -hmm. was was really rough. And I, my personal trainer made me push through that workout. And I kept telling him, I can't do it. I can't do it. And he said, yes, you can. And you know what? I did it. I finished that workout. And I realized that we can say things that aren't true and they feel very true. Mm -hmm. And I kept saying I couldn't do something, but there I had just done it, you know? And so it just, it's, I started to have that, that, that green, dark green haze of addiction and codependency and a toxic marriage that started to all like just float away. And then this man in the gym had said to me, you know, you have changed and I've watched you in this gym and I just want to tell you, you're doing a great job. How do you feel? And I said, you know what? I just come to the conclusion that, you know, I never realized what I was capable of. 
And I swear to you that night I came home and I said, this is what I'm doing with my life. That's amazing. And how nice is it that guy come up to you? Like, it's good to hear other people see the struggle and, and what you've gone through and to say it to you. Plus you could think of it for yourself. It's like, man, like I really just did this. And I've worked with so many clients where they're like, I can't, I can't, I can't. And even myself. And then once we do it, it's like, whoa, I've been lying to myself this whole time. Like I can do it. So it's all about that positive, saying positive things. And then that, that becomes like your healthy addiction, right? Because I'm like, well, if, if I didn't think I could do that, what else can I do? (laughs) Right? It's like, man, yeah. Once you get that little taste, it's like, okay, now what? (laughs) Absolutely. The sky's the limit. So then I, um, I decided I got a lot of support in that area with regards to starting my own business. So I went and got my certification immediately started working with local ladies, which was actually quite easy because a lot of people had seen me on social media, just like, mm-hmm. just, I'm, you know, like just family, friends, all of that, like people from high school. And so they were actually witnessing real time, this transformation. Mm-hmm. So when I decided to launch my business, I had people that were like, yes, please. <laughs> so, um, and, oh, this is a fun topic. And I was selling myself for so cheap. So, oh yeah, <laughs> those beginning stages, it's like, okay, I'll do it for like 20 bucks. <laughs> it was so bad. I had to know your worth. It's yeah. And I had a lot of, a lot of mindset issues around money being in, uh, a marriage that, you know, he was chronically unemployed. And so I was definitely in a scarcity mindset. I just didn't think that people would spend that kind of money. Yeah. So how did you start helping people in the beginning and how has it evolved now? Oh, it's certainly evolved because I've evolved and it's yeah. been amazing. <laughs> so in the beginning, I, um, would provide my clients with basic fitness program as well as meal prep guides. And that soon became the thing that people were like, oh my gosh, her meal prep guides are amazing. Mm -hmm. Because I, when I met with that amazing trainer, he was, I said, well, what do I eat? And he said, well, chicken and broccoli and sweet potatoes and stuff. And I was like, very like cardboard (laughs) yeah like that's not fun at all and to me I think food should be celebrated and I wanted to eat good food so I got obsessed with like creating healthy food that's exciting to eat and so that was how my meal prep guys really gained traction um but over the years I've realized that um there's a tremendous amount of mindset work that goes into a weight loss journey that I really wasn't aware of myself in the beginning. Okay. And, and I realized that there was a lot of neuroscience with regards to creating habits, like specific ways to create habits that actually will stick. Mm-hmm. And, and so over the years, my program has become really robust in, and, and really handles all of those areas. 
That's awesome. Cause I know even like my mindset when it comes to healthy food, I envision cardboard chicken, like, and like things that taste like garbage and like just very bland. That's what I envision. I know that's not true, but like if somebody says healthy food, it's like cardboard. Yeah, no way. Next time think like steak tacos. That's like one of my favorite. <laughs> Yeah. So um, what are some of the main struggles that you find that your clients are dealing with? Is it the mindset piece or is it just like the lack of knowing how to do it? I think it's a combination of everything. And I find it interesting in the coaching space. There will be coaches that um, there, there are coaches that bring a tremendous amount of value, but they speak solely on the mindset portion of a weight loss journey mm -hmm. as, as if we can just will ourselves thin and, and that's enough. Um, you know, in contrast, there's a lot in the space with regards to, well, eat this, you know, just like that trainer who was phenomenal, by the way, but he really didn't provide me with resources of you know, that, that I could apply to make like healthy food and that. And, yeah. and so what I love to do with my clients, I have a method called the real method. Okay. This is my trademark framework. And it starts with reframing your thoughts around weight loss. Mm -hmm. Because so many women will come to me and say, well, you know what? I haven't had success in the past. So I'm just going to give this a try and we'll see how it goes. Mm -hmm. And it Having that mindset is you're surely, surely the moment you have any, any conflict, any issue at all, you're going to say, see, I told yeah. you so. Self-fulfilling <laughs> prophecy. Absolutely. So we handle mindset first and then um, we do uh, ease. So that's the R is reframe. Mm -hmm. e, e for ease, which is ease into simple nutrition, like we keep it simple sister. Yeah. So <laughs> I like, like simple. <laughs> yeah. Like usually five ingredients or less, you know, the in meal prepping on Sunday, like don't let your food take over your life. It's, it's life's too short to be like eating pretentious food all the time. Like if it's got yeah. hard to find ingredients, I don't want it. Mm -hmm. And, um, a stands for accelerate. I'm a huge, huge fan of women lifting very heavy weights. Really? Yes. Yes. The more muscle, the better. And trust me, you won't look like a man. It takes a lot to get that muscular. Yeah, and that's then, what like everyone thinks. It's like if I lift big weights, like I'm going to look like a dude. <laughs> but I know that's not the case. I was in the military. I did lifting. Like I still lift. Not a ton, but... Like I've never even come close to that. We're just not, most of us just aren't built that way. You know, what it's going to do though, it's, it's going to give you sexy shoulders. It's going to allow you to be able to eat more food than you've ever eaten before. It's going to give you a curves in all the right places. Nice. So listen up, um, ladies. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And, and you know what? There's really something to be learned from, again, with that thinking you can't do something, um, to start to lift heavy weights. And that's something tangible. You can track that. Like you can say, well, I can only squat 95 pounds right now. And then you'll see over time mm -hmm. that you, you, that's tangible. Like, oh my gosh, well, look at now I can squat 135. And I like to track stuff like that. 
Yeah, because then you see your growth. It's so easy to forget growth. I know I do it all the time. I was like, I didn't get anywhere. But then thankfully, my husband, he's just like, um, he looks at me like I'm crazy. He's like, uh, dude, like <laughs> you were doing this and now you're doing this, like you're making growth. So it's important to track so you can visually see it and remind yourself. I like that you said that. That's perfect. Yeah, I, I love that. And that actually brings me to the last, um, the L, the L in real, which is leverage. So leveraging that success, tracking that, getting that down on paper, creating healthy habits, um, that stuff matters. Being like a machine and just every single day, you know, I, I write I write this in my book. I, I do my gratitude journal. I track my water. I track my steps um, until those habits become as automatic as brushing your teeth. But it takes time. It does take time. I like that. Um, so just to pivot just a little bit. So I love what you're doing for women and helping them do the weight loss thing because we all need support in that. Like I'm always trying to lose, well, not always, but I'm always trying to lose weight. But um, how are you helping women through the opioid side? Um, people, women that are addicted as well. With you, is it with your foundation? No, that's, um, that's a an entrepreneurial group that I belong to, the one oh, that you're okay. referring to. Okay. But I, I like to serve other women in this space by just um, being a sounding board for it. Yeah. Um, I think that people will get an idea of who they think, who they qualify as someone that would get addicted to, to a prescription drug. And they, they might not think that it's this person or that person, but um, I love to be really, really vulnerable and, and share, you know, share my journey mm -hmm. so that other women can, um, you know, have, find that strength to make some changes as well. You know, in my space, there are a lot of women that are codependent and Often with codependency, it has to do with a traumatic childhood. Mm. And um, so, so they grow up as people who are trying to control the world around them because they've had so much trauma in their lives that control feels really good. And so that might come out for for someone like, well, I have to do this because who else is going to get it done? Mm -hmm. Or it's really important that I help with X, Y, or Z because they need me. And not often are they saying, well, checking in and saying, what do, what do I need? Is this something I can put on my plate? And so what happens is that becomes this tangled web of feeling inadequate, um, feeling like you just giving more than you can give, mm -hmm. which so, so that'll come out like um, stress eating, alcoholism, drug addiction, because it's a way to cope with yeah. feeling like you're not enough. And I like what I love most about you and your brand and everything that you're doing is that some of these things, I feel like these topics are in the shadows, meaning like not a lot of people are talking about it, like how people go down this path, why people are addicted, what happens when you go to the doctor. And it really needs to be brought to the light because I know like 
I'm just drawing from my mother, um, it can feel really lonely in that space of, okay, I have all these bottles of pills, I don't feel better. Or if you are struggling with weight loss and it's like, I'm the only person at the gym that looks the way I look. So I, I love that you're talking about this and helping women because that's the most important. We have to talk about it to normalize it. Because once it's normalized, then people will seek help. Would you agree with that? I do agree with that. And that's what I do. Like, I will just shamelessly share this story Mm -hmm. um, because that's what needs to happen is we need to be able to have an open dialogue uh, on this. And this doesn't make me a bad mother. As a matter of fact, it makes me a phenomenal mother because I have been through so much, you know, and that's just one story. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Us mothers have been through a lot. Yeah. Even in general. And I think it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter what it is. It's all hurt. It's all hurt. And to suggest that you just need to omit carbs from your diet and you will be all better. You will be enough. I think it's, it's an insult. And I, and I think we owe, we owe it to the other women to, to be really, really honest about why we became obese Mm -hmm. or addicted. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Like that, that really hits home for me. Um, I love that. So I have one more question for you. So what would be your number one piece of advice for a woman that might be struggling with addiction or wants to start her own business or weight loss um, and wants to go down that path of starting her road journey? What would you tell her just to get started? What would you tell her? I would tell her that you don't have to be sure that you are going to succeed to get started. Mm-hmm. You just need to be sure that you can give it 100% today. Because what I think happens is women will say, well, I can't start my own business because, and then they will give you a laundry list of why they aren't good enough. Or I can't, you know, be at my goal weight because they can't imagine the transformation that needs to occur from where they're at to where they want to be mm-hmm. because they can't even conceive it. Because it's not even in their mind to even conceive that yet. Change happens in minute little movements and moments and decisions. You know, you don't start a business and go viral and you're famous overnight. It's, It's plugging away. And just trust that if you are open to the opportunity uh, to continue to grow, that you will find the tools that you need. Like you may not have all the tools you need today, but trust that you can find them. There's mm-hmm. always a solution. There really is. And that, that's a great piece of advice, like in a very interesting perspective, because it's not about like down the road, it's about today and being 100% today and just living in the moment. Because Trust me, like I, when I think about like the big term goal and I look at it, it's like, oh God, I, you want to give up when the goal is so massive. It's like, well, how on earth am I going to get there? Absolutely. And then people don't start. Mm 
mm-hmm. because it feels like a lot. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Melissa. Please tell everybody where they can find you. Um, all the information is going to be on the website and in the show notes, but please just tell us verbally where we can find you. The best place to find me is at the honest mm-hmm. And that is way like you weigh yourself. So it's the honest W E I G H.com. Awesome. And all that's going to be in the show notes. So you can just click on it and start cyber stalking her because I know I'm going to because (laughs) like it it really inspires me to get back in the gym. Like I'm one of those sporadic goers like to the gym, but I need to keep it consistent. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. That was amazing. And I I absolutely love what you're doing. Thank you. We're gonna have to talk after after the podcast here. I'm gonna get you in the gym, girl. I know, I need to the gym. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Go Rogue podcast. Definitely go check Melissa out because she is phenomenal. So I will catch you next time. Have a great day.